0: To others as we receive it and so if you want to turn in or on your Bibles if you have them with you today we're going to be in John chapter 11 uh, verses 38 through 44 is where we're going to really hang out today so I want to encourage you to go ahead give you some time to get that pulled up if you don't have your Bible with you it's going to come on the screen uh, I always love having a paper Bible with me I, I think it helps um, a couple things uh, preliminary right off the beginning number one I want to celebrate a couple hundred of you ladies that were in the room this weekend. If you were here this weekend, make some noise. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, a couple hundred ladies met for the, uh, about 48 hours this weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, for our beautifully broken 2023 conf- women's conference. And man, what a weekend it was. Um, one of the perks I get as uh, the pastor of this church is I get to see amazing ministries and moments take place where life change uh, is ushered in and, and God just really wrecks the place, and I'm blessed that I was able to sit and be a part of that this weekend and and, and honestly just be a cheerleader for my wife as her and her team uh, pulled this thing off, and so to everybody that had a hand, I know there's so many that had a hand in making that happen this weekend, I want to say thank you because you didn't just serve and you didn't just like uh, clean up and set up tables and sell merch and do all that, you ushered in God's presence to make a difference in people's lives, and that cannot be understood. Um, I've seen it all over social media. I've talked to so many people. I was at a baseball game with my son, my older son yesterday. Um, he plays travel ball, and I was with him. And people at that were telling me what God had done the night before um, in, in the conference. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Can we give it up for Life Change at Beautifully Broken? I, I, joked, I joked in the first service that uh, if, if you keep an eye out, I'm sure you're gonna hear pretty soon about 2024. Like the way this goes is they'll take like a day or two off and then they, they're immediately working on the next year. Like it is, I love it so much. It's so good. Her and her team are phenomenal. So many of them are sitting on front row and, and all over the place today. Uh, so we're so grateful. I do wanna echo something you're gonna get more information on after the message, but You Matter Week is this Sunday. It starts today through next week. And, and, and I am pumped. Here's why you matter week. We started the church on you matter week, honestly. We started the church on you matter week. Um, we started you matter week before we even had money to do anything. Um, and that's a true story. Like, I remember the first outreach we did, we didn't have money to pull it off, and I was just like, you know, big faith, let's go. And uh, I look back now, and I'm like, big dumb, you know, but um, big, big faith, and and honestly, it's a true story. Part of you matter week, we threw a, con- uh, a carnival, and um, man. <laughs> I opened my mailbox one day because the bills were coming due and I was like, um, I'm paying for all this out of my savings account and, uh, got no more savings in the account. So like, uh, God do something. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I worked four jobs to open the church and it was a lot. And so anyway, we did all that. And, um, and I remember opening the, the, the mailbox and there was a check in there for $1,500 that covered the 1490 something dollars of bills that were due uh, that week. And I love when God does that stuff. And that was a part, yeah, 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 come on. And um, I, lo- I didn't share that story in the first service, but I love when God um, creates provision for stepping out. And, and this is a week, what we do at You Matter Week, is this is a week where we ask everybody in the church um, to, to bring all of your abilities together at one for one week. And let's challenge ourselves and see how many weeks we can serve the community together. And so for the next seven days, you're going to have opportunities out on the lawn. Don't leave here without signing up for one. There's so many of them. Um, if they tell you they're all full, you tell them to create another one and tell them I said so. Okay. And, um, and, and, or you go create another one, either way. Um, but we want to see how many hours we can serve. And I'm just asking you, like, there's so many people that go, hey, I give of my treasure, um, so I'm going to withhold my time. Mm. Or I give of my time, so I'm going to withhold my treasure or my talent. And I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage over the next seven days, watch God change lives as you give time, treasure, and talent this week uh, to make a difference in the community. Um, and there's, there's opportunities for everybody no matter your work schedule. And so we want you to be a part of that this week. I'd love for you to join me. Pastor Travis will give you the QR code and all that information before you leave. But I just, I'm begging you, I'm, I don't do this a lot, but I am begging you to join us in this. And here's why. Um, I don't have anybody to brag to the hours to, except myself, so it's not for that. Um, honestly, it's because I think whenever we step out and we we'll serve our community, God does something that we can't do. Yes, he does. When we do what we can do, God does what he can do. Yes. And, and I, that's what this week is all about. So join us in that. All right, we're in this series called Hope Dealers, and we're in week six of it. And, um, I, I, man, what a series it's been as we've talked about the power of, of hope and what that looks like as we get hope and we learn about hope and we live hope and we give hope with everywhere that we go, which is part of what You Matter Week is all about as well. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody in the room, this is going to be a weird question, but just go with me for a minute, okay? Has anybody in the room ever, like, gotten in the car, okay, you, you're, you're getting in the car from work or from the grocery store or the restaurant or whatever, you get a phone call, right, and you're on the phone call, and you're having this conversation, maybe a Marco Polo, you shouldn't be doing that while you're driving, but you know, you ladies, for some reason, love that thing, and like Marco Polo, you're on this phone call, and and you zone out, right, and before you know it, you're sitting in your driveway, and you're like, how did I get here? Anybody, anybody in the room with me? Yeah, 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 the rest of you are lying, and it's okay, but, (laughs) right, And, and like, man, you sit in the driveway, and you're like, I don't know how I got here, like, I don't remember the stoplights. Were they all green? Did I stop? I, I don't know, right? Did I notice, the, like, did I get flipped off two or three times by cutting people off on the interstate? Like, because if not, then I really wasn't driving that well anyway. And, that was a joke. Y'all get that later. Like, all this stuff is, like, and you get there, and if anybody, I'm not the only one, right? And you're like, I don't know what just happened i ended up at my house and um i that's freaky and and that's an actual listen that thing is actually a real scientific thing that happens and every one of us scientifically has dealt with that in some way shape or form where you've done something but you don't remember actually thinking about doing it and it's called, the short frame version of it is called autopilot mode. Your brain literally has an autopilot mode. Don't get too excited because it's probably not very safe to like live in autopilot. I'm just saying. You should probably remember stopping at stop signs every now and then. Okay? And all the police officers in the room said, amen. Yeah, they won't say it because they don't want you to know who they are. And... <laughs> And, like, you don't want to live in that, man. You don't want to live in autopilot because it looks good, right? It's like, okay, I got here. That's awesome. And then there's, like, this moment where it's like, that's probably not awesome. Like, it's probably not very safe. It's probably not what we need to do. The actual scientific name for it is um, default mode network. It's a real thing in your brain, and it's this series or area of matter, brain matter and cells and neurological things, and I'm not a brain surgeon, all that, which if you spend much time with me, you know that, and all that, like all this stuff comes together, and what happens in default mode network is your brain, at a high level in a, of efficiency, can perform tasks that you have consistently done and trained your brain to do, wow. and you don't even have to think about doing it. Let me give you an an example, not just the driving thing, right? But if you consistently over a certain period of time, I don't know the time frame, but over a certain period of time, if you wake up and the first thing you do is pick up your phone and check your email or your social media, after time, the first thing you'll do when your eyes open is you will instinctively grab the phone and you will check email or social media before anything else and you don't even think about it. And before you, like as you're coming to, you're kind of like, how did the phone get my hand? Did I, did I, you know, brushing your teeth is the same way. Chances are you start brushing your teeth in the same spot every single time. It's autopilot. It's default mode network. It's your brain is doing what you've trained your brain to do over time. And now you don't have to consciously think about it. You just do it. And living in autopilot is highly dangerous. You should probably think about what you're doing in life, right? Like, when I first started learning about this, this is a true story, and this has been tough for me. When I first started learning about this a few months ago, I started brushing my teeth with my left hand. And I cannot tell you how embarrassed I am and how bad I brush teeth with my left hand. (laughs) I'm right-handed, and I'm like, it's like a a toddler doing it for the first time. But over time, I'm I'm teaching my brain to do something a little bit different. I, I, I don't wanna live in autopilot mode because it may look good, And it may look like it's efficient, and it may look like it's positive, but the reality is when you don't think about something, you're not conscious of what's happening. And what I'm afraid of is there's a lot of believers that live in spiritual autopilot. And we've gotten to a place to where we just kind of do our thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, it's Sunday. Like, I'll get up, and I'll just go sit in the chairs. But here's what I know. When I get there, I'll clap when the worship leader's clapping, but don't ask me to clap by myself. My worship and my loudness and expression of worship will be dependent on what the band is doing and the songs that are played. Great, Autopilot mode, right? I know that after we're done with uh, one or two songs, the host is gonna get up and they're gonna tell me something and then we're gonna sing another song or two and then I'm gonna sit down and then the message is gonna come on and I'm gonna amen the preacher and then I'm gonna go home because it's an amazing message because we have the best preacher around. And, and, and anyway, Woo! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, I was fishing. And uh, <laughs> that's sad. And um. And when he's done, like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to eat lunch, and I'm going to have my burger, and we're going to talk, and then I'm going to watch football and go to sleep and just do it all over again next week, and I'm going to forget what was talked about, and I'm not going to let it, like, autopilot mode. We're just doing this thing, right? And then, like, you end up at work the next day, and, you know, I'm, and, and when the QR code comes up, I'm just going to ignore it to give because, you know, I don't, I don't... Come on, autopilot mode, right? Yep. Monday, it's like, okay, the reminder for my devotion on my phone came up, and I'll read it to check the boxes, but I don't I can't tell you. If you ask me what I read, I can't tell you. Like what it was actually about. Come on, autopilot. We've all been there, and the reason I'm using these because we've all been there, including me. We've all been there. Like it's just, just something. That we do, and the danger of autopilot is you can accomplish something, right? You can accomplish something, but the problem is, is you can accomplish it without being conscious of it. And when you're accomplishing something without being uh, conscious of it, you're not learning anything from it at all. You're not figuring anything new out. You're not learning anything new. And can I just tell you um, that it's time to stop going to church? Y'all are like what? It's time to stop going to church. It's time to stop going to church. That's the title of my message today. It's time to stop going to church. I want you to stop going to church. In fact, I believe in this so much. I want you to look at the person next to you. And if they have bad breath, turn to the other person. Actually don't, just go through it. But look at them and tell them, I'm going to stop going to church. Tell them, I'm going to stop going to church. Come on, come on. Y'all talk, y'all talk. We're not a quiet church around here. Like, I'm going to stop going. I want you to stop going to church because I'm ready for us to start being the church. There's a difference. There's a difference because when I'm just going to church, I'm an autopilot, man. I don't have to serve. I don't have to give. I get to sit in this chair. I get, to, I get to soak up all the AC and drink all the water in order, like all the stuff from Rad Dash and get all the coffee I want. If you, if you serve, you know what Rad Dash is. Like, all this stuff, right? And I get, to, I get to consume, but don't ask me to be. Don't ask me to, and the reality is, is when we're in autopilot mode, we look like we're being highly efficient, but when it's just me, and God, and me, and my thoughts, and me, and my prayers, and me, and my habits, and me, and my disciplines, I'd actually be really, really, really scared for anybody else to be a part of that other than me. And when we're in a spiritual autopilot mode and when we're in this mode, then those things can't happen. And I believe what one of the first things that goes when you're in spiritual autopilot mode is the opportunity and the desire to serve others. What does God say? God says the greatest thing you can do, watch this, is love God and what? Love others. In other words, if you love him, you have to love others. But you, like, you can love others and not love him, but you cannot love him and not love others. Yeah, that's good. He's like, you have to do both. That's the greatest thing that you can do on both realms. And I believe when we're in spiritual autopilot mode, the reason serving others becomes an option instead of an opportunity is because we're just going through the motions and it looks efficient, but we're not actually conscious of anything that's going on. Ain't nobody in this room with me today. I'm going to preach to me. I'm going to amen, me. And like, here's, here's the beauty of serving others. Serving others engages our hearts and our minds to be conscious of our need for a Savior in his presence as the Savior. When I'm serving others, it's the opportunity for me to go, I am a messed up, and I'm telling you this is a personal level. I am a messed up, sinful man. We all are sinful people. Romans 12, we all fall short of the glory of God. Come on, we don't have it all together. Everybody in the room has a past and baggage. We're sinful people, and we, we mess it up. And we got it wrong. And I need a savior to fix that. I don't need a friend to fix that. Come on. I don't need, I don't need a self-help talk to fix that. I don't need a 30-second message on Facebook to fix that. Yeah. Come on. I need a savior to fix that. To fix that void. To fix that moment in my life. To where it's like you are the redemption of my sin. And that's what I need. And when I serve others, I realize I'm not the only one in that boat. It's not that they have it worse or better than me. It's that we all need a savior. Everybody needs a savior. We all need hope. And then the more that I serve others and realize that we all need a savior, I begin to realize I'm not him and he is. I'm not the Savior. You're not the Savior. Nothing, no paycheck, no, nothing in my life is the Savior other than Jesus Christ who gave his life on a cross because he looked at me and he said, I want to replace your sinful nature with a perfect sacrifice that redeems a relationship back with the Father for eternity starting today. And I want to be a part of that. And that's why I'm telling you it's time to stop going to church. It's time to start being the church. It's time to get out of autopilot mode. If you're a believer in the room, now I understand there's all kinds of categories in our congregation every single week. There's people that are so holy, when they're asleep, they're praying in tongues. You know what I'm saying, praise God. And then there's people that gave their lives to Jesus and you're on this journey and you still have baggage and you're still figuring it out. And, but but you're, you're locked into relationship with him. There's people that like, you've been in this thing and you've been saved for like six minutes now. And like, you're just like, hey, teach me. You're so raw and new. And then there's people that are like, I'm in the room today because they promised me a hamburger afterwards. <laughs> and to you, all of you, I say, welcome home. Yeah. Doesn't matter what. I try to have conversations with every category every single week. But I'm here to tell you that if you're in the room and you've given your life to Jesus, and you're a follower of Jesus, and you have said, replace my sin with your perfect sacrifice, and that is you. I'm here to tell you something, and here's what I want to tell you today. Your opportunity in life is to be the church and be a part of something that is life-changing and miraculous and powerful in giving the hope of Jesus Christ to every person that we come into contact with because we aren't the Savior, but we know the one that is And we get to deal hope everywhere that we go. We get to be a part of that. It's time to stop going to church. Somebody tell somebody else, stop going to church. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them. And then look at the next person and go, be the church. Justin, be the church, please. Just be the church, Justin. With your cool pink hat on. If you're in the room today and and you're ready to get out of autopilot mode, and that's for anybody. Like if you're a believer and you're a spiritual autopilot or maybe, maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus yet. And you're like, like, I hear the transparency in this and the real, I want something like that. Like, what is that? I want to tell you some ways that you can get three thoughts out of a story in John chapter 11 to get out of autopilot mode and, and participate, not spectate Jesus changing lives. And it may be your own. Wow, come on. Watch this in John chapter 11, verses 38 through 44. Here's the story. I love this story. Um, it, it, it's, it's about a man named Lazarus who's died. It's a friend of Jesus. And they're, they're asking Jesus, hey, will you come and do a miracle? Will you bring him back to life? Will you resurrect Lazarus? Now, I'm gonna be real. If the, You're gonna hear a lot of things that sound very similar to what Jesus went through uh, and when his, in his resurrection. And it's because this story is a foreshadow of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, the, the Bible is always threaded together. But let's read this. Here's what it says. So Jesus... Again, being deeply moved from within, came to the tomb. Now, it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, remove the stone. And Martha, the sister of the deceased, of Lazarus, said to him, Lord, by this time, there will be a stench. For he has been dead four days. Let me stop right there for a minute and just tell you something. Don't ask for a miracle from God and expect it to always smell good. I'm being serious. Because when you're asking God to pull you out of something that you've been in for decades, out of an addiction and out of a mindset and out of a, 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 maybe it's a heart issue or a, and I'm just here to tell you, it's going to stink for a little while. There's going to be a moment in your deliverance where it's going to stink, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be frustrating, and you're going to want to quit, you're going to want to give up, and you're going to want to walk away from the smell, but I'm here to tell you something, that maybe the stink in your life isn't about a punishment, maybe it's about the deliverance that Jesus just rolled the stone away and everything that was is starting to stink it's decayed and you're walking into something new i could preach that but i'll keep going verse 40 jesus said to her did i not say to you that if you believe you will see the glory of god verse 41 so they removed the stone then jesus raised his eyes and said father y'all i love this prayer from jesus Pastor Travis and I were backstage uh, before anybody got here this morning and before our first service and uh, talking about this prayer. Like I love, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of a jab in, in this prayer. Watch what he says. And Jesus says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of everybody else standing around, that's why I said it. So that they may believe that you sent me. In other words, Jesus is going, I ain't missing this opportunity to tell people how good you are. Yeah, come on. I may know it, but they may not. I may know it, but he's dealing hope even when he's talking to the hope giver. Oh, y'all didn't get that. You'll get that later. I got to keep going. I'm on time frame. Verse 43. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings. And his face was wrapped around with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Here's three quick thoughts, three quick thoughts to not just spectate miracles from God, but to participate in them. Not to just stand back and watch. And the first one is, is the first part of the scripture. When Jesus shows up at the tomb, when he shows up where Lazarus is, there's a group of people there. Here's the lesson for us. Meet him where you expect him. Meet him there. Meet him there. They didn't look and go, hey, you know what, Lazarus? We're going to pray for you, and then I'm going to sit in my recliner and eat a steak and hope that Jesus does what he said. No, they said, I will meet you, Jesus. I will meet you at the place where I expect you to deliver. I will meet you there. I'm not just going to ask you to do something, and I'm not going to show up. How many times have we looked at somebody and said, I'll pray for you, and we say one five-second prayer, walk away, and never walk with them through it? We never actually get to the place and ask God to meet us there. We just go, "Hey God, don't meet I'm not going to meet you there. I just hope you get there." Meet him there. If you're going to take the opportunity to be a part of a miracle and life change, it, 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 they wanted a, to God Jesus to do a miracle, but they were willing to do their part too. They were there when Jesus showed up. And here's why Christianity is a hands on faith, not a hands off faith. That's good. In fact, the more we follow Jesus, the dirtier we should get. Yesterday, when my 12 year old came home from his baseball tournament and he was like, he was sliding, right? And like, I don't know how familiar you are with baseball fields and all that stuff some probably very familiar some maybe not but it's clay and it's dark and it's whatever dude we came home and he had clay on his hat like on his hat on his face and i I remember megan um she had beautifully broken yesterday she she was only there for part of the game and when we got to the house he rode with me and when we got back to the house and we saw him megan looked at him and goes, son what did you how did you get clay on your hat and he goes uh mom i was playing baseball (laughs) true 12 year old fashioned right no, Mom, I was playing baseball all while eating a 10-piece nugget because that's real healthy. The more you play baseball, the dirtier you get. The more active you are, the more sweaty you get. And the, uh, Here's my point because you're like, this is getting nasty now. My point is the more we follow Jesus, the dirtier we should be. Ooh, we should meet him there. You're not going to walk in a chicken coop and not ch- st- step on chicken poop. Right. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Here's what I'm trying to tell you is, if my life was a mess and my life was dirty and messy and mucky and frustrating, whenever Jesus restored me, why in the world do I expect everybody else to be clean before He restores them? Wow, that's good. Come on. I've got to be willing to get dirty with people and meet Jesus there. Here's how we can do that. We can show up with them. If you invite somebody to church, look at them and go, "What time are you going to be there? I'll sit with you." I'll make sure that I sit in the same service, because we're going to do this thing together. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to be in this thing. I'll show up with you. Hey, hey, listen, I may not be able to go to your AA meetings, but I will text you right after and see how it's going. Good. That is good. I may not be able to walk through this with you, but I will text you and I will be there and I'll be on a phone call. Whatever I've got to do, I'm there. One of the things I love is my group of friends, I get a text message every Sunday morning from about seven people, different people, and they're like praying for you today, prayed for you by name, prayed for your services, prayed for your church, prayed for Florence, prayed for this. If they know baptism, say, I pray for them. Why? They aren't here, but they're here. They're showing up with me. Show up with them. Bring Jesus to them. If we're hope dealers and we have the hope of Jesus, man, take him to them. Don't look at them and go, hey, you gotta do A, B, and C in order to get to Jesus. No, just look at them and go, I'll meet you there. I'll be there in a second. And on the way, you go, Jesus, move in me. Holy Spirit, move in me. Let something be different about me. I'm taking you to them, Jesus, because I ain't watching them go through this no more. Y'all, y'all, y'all take it to them and then believe for them. The longer you're with Jesus, the more you understand about his power. Yeah, that's good. There's people in your life that haven't given their lives to him yet, and all they know is there's a void in their life that they need to fill. In fact, some of you are sitting in the room today, and the only reason you're here is because there's a darkness that is coming to your life, and you have to fill this void, and you need some hope, and that's all you know, but what we know is there's a savior that fills the void. But not only that, there's addiction that is grabbed onto your life. And there's a mentality that's grabbed onto your life. And there's a darkness that's grabbed onto your life. And I can believe for Jesus to rid you of those things, even when you can't. We need to to learn to believe for them. Believe for them. Believe their deliverance for them. Believe for what Jesus is gonna do in their life for them. Show up with them, bring Jesus to them, and believe for them. We meet him there. Here's another thought the middle of the scripture is we have to understand that they were there, they met him there, but they understood there's only certain things Jesus can do I can't do. Mm. Only Jesus changes lives. Only Jesus changes lives. I need to free some of us up in the room today. You are not their savior. Mm. That's good. Stop trying to be that. That's good. Stop trying to be their conviction Stop trying to be their savior. You are not. I am not. None of us can change lives. The best we can do is point them to the one that can. But when we have hope and we have Jesus and we understand that we don't change lives but we are an ambassador for the one that can, we are a spokesperson for the savior that can and I'm, not, I'm no longer trying to be Jesus, I'm just trying to point them to the one that is Jesus, then now I can be a part of life change in their life. We get the opportunity to point people to the one that changes lives every single day and here's what we know is when Jesus shows up, things change. When Jesus really shows up, when when we are really in the presence of Jesus, things change. Miraculous things take place. The woman with the issue of blood, Jesus being pressed in on all over, there's crowds. She is sick for 12 years, the same thing. I'm not preaching it, but she pushes in through the crowd and touches Jesus. And he goes, who touched me? You're healed. Why? Why? Because she was willing to push through into his presence. I don't even think or know that he was planning to touch her that day. But she was sure as heck planning to touch him. Wow, that's good. And there's a moment where when we just get in the presence and get our friends and our family and our people in the presence of Jesus, something changes. There was a girl that was dead. Jesus shows up and goes, she ain't dead, she's asleep. It changes everything when he walks in the room. There's a storm. He's with the disciples, the one that have committed their lives to him. Storm shows up. He looks at him, and, and, and they're freaking out. Jesus asleep. A sleep, asleep. in a storm. Sometimes you just need a good nap. Y'all go home and go sleep. He's asleep, and he stands up, and he calms the storm. Why? Because when Jesus shows up, things change. They're in right before his arrest. They're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Peter shows up. Judas shows up with the guards. They're selling Jesus out. They're about to get him, and Peter goes, I got you, Jesus. Cuts off the guard's ear. And Jesus is like, no. That ain't what we're doing here. And he picks the ear up and puts it back on the man. And watch this. Why? Because when Jesus shows up, things change. There's some people in your life, you've cut off their ear, and you need to now get them in the presence of Jesus. It's your opportunity. You wounded them, and now your Savior needs to heal them. And you need to understand it. You're the one that cut off their ear, and that's okay. And we're going to walk through this. You don't have to be their savior, but we get to be his ambassador. So I'm not the savior. And only Jesus changes lives. We meet him there. And here's the last thought. Last thought. Last thought. I love this. This one fires me up. I'm going to preach for a minute on this one. Y'all okay if I preach? Like, I'm Pentecostal at the core. Like, y'all going to let me be Pentecostal today? I'll be Pat- Babdecostal for you because some of y'all ain't ready. I'm just messing. Verse 44, the man who died came forth bound hand and foot with wrappings and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, somebody say them. 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 Guess who them is? Us. He said, unbind them and let him go. We, you, have to unwrap them. You have to unwrap them. See, listen to me. There's a difference There's a difference in deliverance and freedom. Some of you have stopped at the door of the tomb because you've been delivered, but you still aren't free. Lazarus was delivered from the tomb, but he was still wrapped up. He wasn't yet free. It was going to take people in his life that cared enough about him to unwrap him. That's why you need life groups. That's why you need to serve on teams. That's why you need relationships. That's why you need life-giving people in your life that look at you and go, you're delivered, but you ain't free. And I'm gonna help you get free one hug at a time and one cry at a time and one prayer at a time and one life group at a time and, and one worship service at a time. I'm gonna call out the addictions. I will not allow you to walk in that same addiction. We're gonna work through it together. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna meet him there, but only Jesus can deliver you. But by God, I'm gonna be the one that helps set you free because I see something in you that you don't see in you. And it is my responsibility and opportunity to unwrap the grave clothes off of you I can't deliver you but I can help make you free I can help you walk in freedom. I can help you be a part of something else. Jesus goes I did my part It's time for you to do yours And as believers can I be real straight up and bold today? It's time to stop going to church And it's time to start being the church it's time to start praying for God to deliver everybody and then we don't help them get free. Y'all ain't with I'm by myself. Is anybody, is this with anybody today? It's time to stop going to church. It's time to start being the church. It's time to look at them and go, listen to me. I'm glad God delivered you from sin, but now it's time for that we free you from the pornography addiction. It's time that we start to free you from the the grip of of selfishness and we get you into a lifestyle of generosity. It's time that we get you out of the grips of isolation and into the hope of a life group. It's time that we start walking in the freedom of the gift that God's put in you. And here's what I want you to know today. Everybody in this room, no matter who you are, where you are, what you've been through, what you've done in your life i don't care what the past six hours of your life has looked like you got a purpose and you got a gift and you got a talent a time and a treasure within you that jesus is going i want you to not spectate the miracles that i'm doing in people i want you to participate in the miracles that i'm doing and i want you to be a part of their freedom i want you to get out there and do it and here's what i'm here to tell you columbia it's our job i'm not waiting on nobody else There's other great churches all around here. I'm not waiting on nobody else. It's our job to set this county free. It's our job to set our schools free. It's our job to unwrap and unbind some things and be a part of a miracle of what God can do in this city and in this town and in this area code because he is the one that changes lives, but I will be obedient to him. Because free people free people. When I understand freedom, I can't watch people walk in bondage anymore. It's not an option for me to go, oh, you're still in that, okay, fine, yeah. Sucks for you, I'm free. No, when I'm free, it bothers me to watch somebody walk in bondage. It bothers me to watch somebody walk in insecurity when I know the security of my Savior. It bothers me to walk, watch somebody walk in addiction when I know what it's like. And he's brought me out of it. Free people Free people and you have a purpose, you have an ability, you have a time, talent and treasure and you have the opportunity every single day to help unbind somebody. And that is the summation of You Matter Week. We get to go help unbind people by delivering meals. And by building picnic tables or by whatever the project is that you want to sign up for, I'm just here to tell you that is a way that we get to unbind somebody because we get to go, hey, you know what? I don't get nothing from this other than the fact that Jesus saved my soul and I will serve you because free people, free people. And I will do what I got to do to make sure you see that. And here's what I know, though. There's some of you in the room that are like, my first step, I've heard that and I'm with you. And man, I need, I need that today. I, I need to forget. Your first step isn't to be unbound and unbind people. Your first step is deliverance. You gotta step out the tomb. Yeah. Yep. And you're going, sin still, sin still holds me. And I haven't asked the perfect sacrifice of Jesus to replace this sinful life. And that's your first step is to go today. I need the deliverance of Jesus Christ from, this, from the grips of sin in my life. And I wanna start an eternal relationship with him. Today, from this point forward. I've already watched somebody in the 8.30 service raise their hand and say, I'm taking that step today. Today's your day. Yes. Don't wait any longer. So here's what I want to do. I'd love to ask everybody in the room to just begin to pray with me. Close your eyes. Let's just pray together. You're going to hear a little bit of movement. Our teams are simply getting ready to provide an excellent experience for you as you exit today. But it's just you and God. And if you're ready to go, Jesus, replace my sinful life with your perfect sacrifice. And if you're ready to go, hey, and and, and let me say this. It's not the prayer that saves you. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, it's the confession of my sinful nature and his perfect nature. And it's the belief that he is my savior. It says you shall be saved. And so I just wanna lead you in a prayer right in your seat, right where you are. If you're ready, just pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I ask that you take this sinful person and replace my life with your perfect sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for forgiving my past, forgiving my present, and redeeming my future. And I ask that from this day forward, you walk with me, And never let me go as I figure out what this looks like. Thank you for delivering me and helping me walk in freedom and putting people in my path that will help me with that. And God, thank you for making room for me in the family of God. Now, as we continue to pray all across this room, if you prayed that prayer and you gave your life to Jesus today, one of the best things I can do is know who I prayed with because I believe in doing life together. So if you would, if you prayed that prayer and you believe Jesus is your savior, would you just hold your hand up real high and go right here, I prayed for forgiveness today and I gave my life to Jesus and I asked him to replace who I am with who he is. Amen. Now here's what I'd love to do, I'm gonna pray. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask God to light a fire in us that when we walk out of here, we're going to change the world and we're going to unbind some people and we're going to serve our community with a fire and a passion that is contagious. Father, thank you for who you are. And God, as we sit in this room today and as we go out of here this week, I pray that we would serve more people and more hours and more opportunities than we ever have. But God, here's the truth. I pray that we would unbind some people and set them free. God, I believe that you're delivering people, but let us walk it out with them through serving, through groups, through prayer, through relationships, through conversations. Help us help others get free in the name of Jesus. Father, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.